I find that French people, like French directors specifically, like love like food period. Like they yeah, love food, yeah. like food in movies, and I feel like it's always very horny. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like they love like to make the connection between like eating food and fucking. Very sensual. Very it's very sensual th- cinema. So Thank I feel like cinema. the spaghetti is supposed to be like pussy. And out came talk, talk, talk. <laughs> Howdy, howdy, welcome. Hi, hello, hi. Welcome back to Straight People Movies. We did it. We did it. We're back for another week, and we're never going to stop. We're never stopping. Whenever whenever one of us dies, we'll just do that thing where you put your voice inside the AI that just can make it like a like how they did with What's-His-Face, Anthony Bourdain. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like there's enough material now that they could effectively Easy. AI one of our voices <laughs> to give, like, honest... Kirk or Dylan-esque feedback reactions. The spreadsheet would just be like, or like whatever database that they keep all of our words in, it would be like 7,000 entries for I Heart Huckabees, uh, 300 entries for Isabelle Huppert. Like yeah. it would, they would it'd it'd be, be like, a very limited scope. It'd be like, girl, bitch, I love <laughs> I Heart Huckabees. Isabelle Huppert is queen. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Uh, welcome to Straight People Movies the podcast where each week we two gays we explore a movie that straight people love and we ask why why that's me in jail going why 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 why, why am i here why am i in the why box am I why am i fixing to get put back in jail again <laughs> i need to start saying fixing too again. i think fixing too is iconic I love fixin' too. Oh my god! I think it's just so. You know what? I think it's kind of posh to say fixin' too. Honestly, yes. And like, so here's it. We we're so me and Alex are probably gonna. We're Dallas is out now. Uh, we're looking at Chicago now, and we were talking about having like really like specific regional accents. And I was like, fuck! I wish I still had like a Southeast Texas. Isn't accent. it so annoying how we like just like kill that part of ourselves to be able know, to fit in sucks. with the gays in like. Austin, Texas, and then you move from Austin, Texas, and you're like, man, I, I kind of wish I embraced my cowboyness more. I know, it's like, cool. that's what I love is like people that have like really like specific accents, and but like they still like talk about Red Scare or whatever. Love that shit. Oh, it's so cool. Love it. Ugh. God, I hate that I just killed my any sort of accent, and I just talk like general American. Like, how boring is that? It sucks. I hate it. Um, I hate. I mean, I love gay voice. It's fine. Yeah, I love, I love gay voice like this, too. But it's a linguistic anomaly. I love it. It is. It's fine. Like, like, we don't learn it from anywhere, but we all just have it. It's so crazy. Cool. It's wild. But well, yeah, actually, I know us. where we learn it. We learn it from Roseanne and. The- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. We learned it from Rosie O'Donnell and uh, and character actresses. Yeah, character act. Our favorite character actress. Yes. Whenever Go. we see Margot Martindale, we're like, yes. Who's your favorite character actress? Um. Oh God. I mean, does Isabelle Huppert count as a character no, actress? No. It's no, gotta be like Kathy Jimmy or Christine Baranski. Yeah. Oh, you're oh, okay. Uh, or like Margot Martindale or whatever. Honestly, probably Margot Martindale. No, and Dowd. And Dowd. And Dowd for like be, like my adult leftovers. life. Yeah. As a child, probably Kathy Jimmy for me. Yeah, because she just is. Her face is so malleable and like. Can make she she makes silly faces for the children, <laughs> like in Hocus Pocus and like Sister Act. She has like these like, crazy faces, and I love. I her. know I love her in Sister Act. Do Wait. you like S- Samia? Have you ever listened to her? Who S- Samia? Who the hell's that? It's Catherine and Jimmy's daughter who's trying Ooh. to be like the next Claro. Ooh, cool! Yeah, we love yeah. a nepotism baby. Oh, I love nepotism. I like nepotism when it's funny. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that. Oh, let, let's just talk about it. Biggie Feldstein. Yeah. I think it's so iconic. I, I like think it's so <laughs> iconic. I think it's like the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like I'm obsessed with it. I think it's, it's incredible. So it's, it's so, so good, good because it's like her mommy and daddy bought her the role and helped fund <laughs> the revival. And then she did a bad job and got bad reviews and is now leaving the show. Yeah. Like that's She fluffed so, it so hard that I had to get Leah Michelle. That is camp. 
And they got Leah Michelle to replace her. I literally am dead. I like think it's so good. It's so funny because someone on Twitter tried to be like, uh, she's like a a fat Jewish lesbian, and that's why they're doing this to her. And I'm like, Mama, like her parents bought her the show. Like, mm-hmm. let's she's... not get it twisted. Like, yeah. <laughs> Your parents like produce this shit. Like, come, like they're I, from Brentwood. Like, like she, girl, she's shut the fuck fine. up. Beanie is fine. She'll be okay. She's got the Richard Linklater project going on for 10 years. Or yeah. 20 years or some <laughs> shit like that. Richard's going to be 400 years old by the time that's done, and I well, love he, her for They that. just announced they're making another Before movie, and I feel like <gasps> I made it happen because I finally watched Before Sunset last night. Oh, look at that. Oh, my God. I have – I just – that was what my Criterion Blu-ray uh, Barnes Noble buy was, was uh, the Before trilogy. Yeah, I've only – so I'd seen Before Sunrise in my early 20s. And then I just like never got around to watching Before Sunset. So then I told myself, oh, I'll just wait till I'm in my 30s to watch it because that's the age they are in that. And then I'll just so on and so forth it. And so I finally watched Before Sunset. It's better than Before Sunrise. Mm-hmm. Like it's like so brilliant and such a – like I'm glad I waited till my 30s to watch it because it was like – it was brutal a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, damn. Like th- a lot of the things they're talking about like relatable. <laughs> Very <laughs> relatable. And then I'm just going to wait till my 40s to watch Before Midnight and then, I guess, in my 50s for this new one. I can't. What what time of day is it going to be now? Like it's before... called Before I Forget. <sighs> of course it is. Oh, my God. Yeah, because Before Noon just doesn't sound great. No. Before That's all death. they had left. Yeah. Before I Forget. Oh, so good. But, yeah. Anyway, um, back to the, the show, I guess. My name is Kirk <laughs> Van Sickle. And my name is Dylan Garcia. <laughs> And today we're gonna talk about our, I think the oldest, I think it is movie we've ever done. And you know, history is history is important, people. Mm-hmm. Even in straight people movies, it's important. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like this is like one of those movies that, like, if you've got like a fun dad, his favorite movie is Monty Python. If you've got a serious mm-hmm. dad that probably like has like a like a doctorate or something, this is probably his favorite movie. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Oh yeah. So my, I, my history teacher showed this to me in high yeah, school. Yeah, like this is like the the intellectual dad's favorite film, mm-hmm. or for the Zoomers out there, your intellectual grandpa. Um, yes. <laughs> so today, what are we talking about, Dylan? Today we are talking about Cool Hand Luke, baby. Mm. It's the and it's not about masturbation. Not about yeah, it's not about switching hands. Yeah, no like man. ooh, this hand's too hot from the friction. Um, it's the 1967 film by Stuart Rosenberg and it stars Paul Newman, George Kennedy, Strother, Strother, Strother Martin, Dennis Hopper, Harry Dean Stanton, and um, about 400 other sweaty dudes. Yep, and a snake. Uh, <laughs> and Paul Newman is a petty criminal. He's sent to a Florida prison camp where he just hangs out with cool dudes all day and eats 50 eggs and tests God. Yep. And you can currently, not much else happens. Uh, you can currently uh, rent this on all platforms, iTunes, Amazon, all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What a movie. So, what a movie. What a picture. I want to, I'll just start this uh, saying I did not actually finish this movie. I've had a, a past, uh, past couple weeks, if you know me, I've had some mental health issues in the past two weeks. And uh, for some reason, this movie like really triggered something inside of my brain and I couldn't watch it anymore. I mean... Uh, if it were, if it's the scene I'm thinking of, it, I can understand. Well, it was like I've been having a lot of like bodily issues, <laughs> and I've been seeing a, seeing a lot of like the male form was very disruptive to my mental health, and so I was like, I can't watch this movie anymore. <laughs> and it's interesting, like, do you ever like? Have you ever, have you ever, I've never like had that happen before. I've like no, to, I was like, actually just thinking as you were saying that, like, have I ever been? You know what? I, like, tell this story as, like, a joke, but honestly, like, you know how, like, Climax, like, really, like, freaked me out? Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, it was, like, not, like, okay. Like, it was, like, <laughs> I did not feel okay. Like, it was not, like, oh, this movie's disturbing. It's, like, it really, like, it got me into, like, a fight or flight, like, yeah, like, panic mode. Um, Because I used to do, like, a lot of drugs when I was younger, and mm-hmm. I am a very, like worst case scenario kind of person like in my fantasy mm. world in my imagination i just yeah. think about terrible things all the time it's really yeah. fun up here and i just feel like climax was almost like a like a fever dream of something that i would have already imagined on my own like actually happening mm. on screen and it just was like too much for me like i was like oh my god like these are the situations that i thought i would get into like yeah. if I, when i was high and one of the reasons why i stopped getting high because i would just <laughs> spiral 
Yeah, um, I think with, yeah, the thing with climax is there's like no like fantasy about it. Like it's no. all like everything that happens in that movie is like can very easily happen. If like, the movie imagine... showed the hallucinations, it would have been mm. one thing. But uh, Noe brilliantly, really, like didn't do that. We're just seeing. We're like objectively seeing what's yeah. happening, and it just was like a lot for me. And I like squeezed my boyfriend's hand and like started hyperventilating. And I I asked him to leave, and then he was like, no. Because uh, he's a Sagittarius, and he was like, "What are you doing? Like, stop being weird. Yeah, <laughs> like go to the bathroom or something." <laughs> but I was really freaking out. It was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I get it. I do. Yeah. I think that's the only time I've really fit, had a strong visceral reaction to a movie was climax. It's crazy. Like what? What? For lack of a better word, triggers you? Yeah, because mm. I would have never expected that. I love drug movies. You know what yeah. I mean? But it was just, oh, the, yeah. it was the scenario. Well, like Requiem for a Dream is like yeah. such a fun thing. I can watch Requiem for a Dream fun. and be fine. Fun. Yeah. Because that shit is like fantastical. The, fr- the, the refrigerator tries to eat her. Like, you yeah, know, there's, there's, a, there's camp a level of to yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it's horrifying, but it's, oh, it's, it's the worst it's, shit in the world. It's surreal, but Climax is like almost like, like the camera like does a little bit of work, but mostly mm-hmm. it's just the actors and the movement like of yeah. the camera and them. And the real time aspect, I think, too, like really freaked me yeah, out. Really fucks with you. I just needed like a break, and he wasn't like giving me a break. No. <laughs> I will say about climax though that like I feel like the worst thing in the movie happens pretty early in, so I was able to calm down and finish the movie because mm-hmm. I was like I kept freaking out and expecting it to get worse, and I was like, oh, I feel like it like it was bad, and now it's just like kind of plateauing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, just chilling out, but. Back to the cool hand Luke of it all. But of what you saw, did you enjoy the film? Loved it. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's great. I was not. It's fantastic. So we watched this in our movie club, and I was expecting to not like it or to think it was just like, okay. And like one of those like, oh, I'm glad I watched it movies, you know, but mm-hmm. I'm never going to watch that again kind of thing. Um, I loved it. I thought it was a yeah. great movie. Um, yeah, I was it's fantastic. It's really funny that like so many like men love this movie and it's such a like anti-authoritarian, like progressive movie. Like yeah. it had comedy it's a movie vibes. About, yeah. It's about like getting out of your incarceration and hanging out. It's, it's a, it's an ultimate dudes rock movie. Like totally. Dudes but dudes rock and dudes cry. Because dudes I cry think that what you missed in the second half of the film is that, so spoilers, but also we spoil everything anyway, but I'm spoiling yeah. it for Dylan. <laughs> yeah. So he has the context. <clears throat> Basically, um, his mom dies, the one that visits him, right? In that amazing yeah. caravan. Incredible. I mean, and I think that I, I that actress ate it up. She, oh, she ate, ate that ate scene it, up. I was oh. like, this bitch is, Betty Davis was a player? I don't need Betty. Like that, that woman, Joe Van Fleet? Mama, who are you? I liked you, bitch. She was she stole the movie in one scene. She stole that movie for me because it was a campy performance, but it was. I love this is why I love Madeline Kahn too. I love actors that are able to like give us character with a capital C, but it mm. feels real mm-hmm. to me. That is like, oh my god, that's like top. That's god tier to me. If you can yes. do both, that's hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard to like play like a total character, but then also I'm like crying. Um, it was yeah. what she did. But anyway, she dies. He spirals, of course. And basically, mm-hmm. he starts escaping from prison. He does it three times. Damn. But always ends up back in the prison. Ugh. And what's cool is he ends up being kind of like a um, hero to all the other prisoners. But he his disposition, this is what's fascinating about his character, is not that he's trying to be a hero or he's trying to even, like, get out. He just needs something to do. Yeah. He just needs something well, to look forward to. Well, that's like the thing. They only ask him, like, why are you doing this in the beginning? Because he was, like, cutting the heads off of, like, exactly. meters. And he was like, uh uh-huh. Exactly. It's the same thing with the egg thing, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. he just does it because he needs something to do. Because um, it, I think the whole idea of it is, like, a person needs something to do. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not humane for someone to be in prison and being told what to do all the time. Yeah. Be- like, at the base level, because men and women, but in this case, man, <laughs> um, they need to do things. But he even says in the end, and it was really powerful, he was like, what's the point of going back into the real world? It's still regulations. There's still bosses. You're still being told mm-hmm. what to do. 
And I was I like, love that whoa. Show. I was like, this movie is so anti, like, authority, like, in the coolest way. And he even fights God at the end. He, like, prays at, uh, in a <laughs> church that he escaped to. And he's just kind of like, God, like, give me a sign of what I'm supposed to do. And then he gets, like, captured again. He's like, okay, like, well, fuck this shit. <laughs> and spoiler alert, he gets shot. And he's, like, being rushed to the hospital. But they insinuate that he's going to die. But the prisoners are like he's like now legendary to us. He's he's the cool hand for just doing what he wanted to do. That's so cool, cool, man. It is cool. It's fucking cool. It's like political without being overtly political, which I think like is why so many movies are bad now. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, like a lot of dramas are bad because they're so ham fisted and heavy handed with the politics. But this movie, like, it lets the characters and the story do the work. Yeah, and it's like it stuff is like it's like always there, like. All these concepts are not new. I feel like the concepts and stuff for movies that are like have like more of a political bent or like that are messagey kind of insinuate that like this is a new thing. Like well, I think they insinuate that the audience is stupid. Yeah, it's also the audience is stupid. But it's like no, like this shit. You watch shit from the fifties and sixties and the forties and thirties, and all these concepts are still there. To be They're fair, not as to be fair though, like, maybe movies are more ham fisted now because audiences are stupid because. I know plenty of like conservative men that like love this movie, and if, I think this so is like wild. one of the most like leftist classic films I've ever seen yeah. in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so I think they might have missed the point of the movie <laughs> a little bit. Well, they're just watching it because it's hot. They're just jerking That's off. That's okay. That honest, like, yo, it's hot. yo, like, <laughs> this ooh, mama, hot. I could smell this movie, and I wanted to, ooh. I wanted it in a candle, baby. It's like, <laughs> it's like this movie, and like. Uh, do the right thing or like the hottest movies ever. Like the, the sweatiest the movies gradient. ever made. Yeah. They're just so fucking sweaty. I miss sweat in movies. I, I saw a tweet <sighs> recently where they're like, bring this back. And it was just like mildly ugly leading men being sweaty in seventies yes. movies, like Al Pacino and stuff. Yes. And I was like, honestly, yeah. Like give me sweaty Elliot gold any day over like, like a, a hot pristine, like Chris Evans, you know, like, well, it's like, there's that one dude in the movie that's like, weird and like short and bulky and hairy and like has like hairy shoulders and like you would never see a hairy shoulder yeah he looked like a short walter mathow to me (laughs) i want yeah i want like more like balding dudes oh i love a balding dude i feel like the first dudes i had crushes on when i was like like younger were like balding dudes on tv yeah yes so i got a soft spot (laughs) and yeah they're like they're they pop you late movies from like before yeah. the 80s. And then... Yeah, when everyone had to be hot. Once the blockbuster, you know... And I hate bringing it up because I love blockbusters. I do. But, mm. like, it really did kill a certain form of cinema. It really, really did. Yeah. Not even that just, allowed. like, the types of movies that are made. But, like, the types of actors that are in movies. It's so funny that Jaws is the first blockbuster because it's, like, Richard Dreyfus, <laughs> Which is, like, <laughs> what I think of when I think of, like, a balding, sweaty leading man. But, like, slowly yeah. we just got into, like... It's Tom Cruise's fault. It really is. Mm-hmm. Mission Impossible did this. Well, it's like, who's the, what's the name of the guy in um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. Yeah. Bring back some Bob Hoskins looking bitches. I want some Bob Hoskins, baby. Give me that shit back. Yeah. It's, it's so, I mean, so I guess the transition was happening, but the 90s mm-hmm. really killed this kind of movie, yeah. I think. I mean, they come out. You got the Shawshank Redemption, which, you know, we'll we'll talk about more when we talk about prison movies, which is, oh, a, yeah. again, intellectual dad's favorite subgenre, a bro mm-hmm. movie. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. like, But is, like, the Shawshank Redemption, like, a thinker? I mean, yeah. Is it? Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it since I was 12. I'm being a hater. I don't know. Well, that's the thing. It's, like, that movie is, like, so episodic. And, like, I never really associate it with having, like, <laughs> like overarching themes. I mean, it does because it's a movie, but, like. But that's, yeah, but that's the thing, it's right? It like, plays well on TV. Like, themes are, like, not. Like, I feel like themes were, like, out for a while, and now themes are back in, but it's, like, themes. Like, yeah. <laughs> analogy. <laughs> the genre is theme. <laughs> the genre is, it really is. I feel like we, like, lost themes for 20 years for the sake of just, like, Good stories and characters, which is like fine, yeah. whatever. Well, it's like the only person favorite, that does but... it well is Jordan Peele. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, I did love Get Out. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Us. Us is cool. I... Us is cool. It kind of like is confused a little. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like 
but maybe that's cool about us. Maybe I'm being like, maybe I need to take a step back because I mean, us is a little confusing. And I literally just said that we need more of that. So yeah. Cause yeah. Cause so many people like, I hate to pick on it. Cause I feel like I'm just, it, it comes across as really mean, but like promising young woman is like the biggest, like the big, most egregious, like mainstream capital T themes movie that is like, ugh. well, it's just such a shame because promising young woman had so much potential to be like such like a mean spirited revenge movie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what I wanted. And I think a lot of people wanted from the film. Like, yeah, like the scene to me that I wanted, like the scene to me that I wanted more of in the movie was the scene where she's like telling Connie Britton that her daughter is like about to get like assaulted by a bunch of frat boys. Cause to me, that is like, that is like a cool, like yowl into the wind. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. that's like fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like that is you as a writer being like, I'm screaming right now about Mm -hmm. this issue. But then I feel like the movie tried to like tie it up in a pretty bow, which I thought was weird. And then the ending was just so misguided that I was Mm -hmm. like, she should have died. And I mean, spoiler, she should have died. And then it ended. Like if it would have ended with just her dying and then credits, like the movie fully would have worked for me. Carrie Mulligan's performance is the only reason why that movie even slightly works. Mm-hmm. If it weren't for her, the movie would have fallen apart. A hundred percent. So one hundred percent. So uh, kudos to you, Carrie. Um, but yeah, yeah. While while, the, while we shit on this movie made by and starring and is about women, let's talk about how much we love the man movie. No, I mean it's really good. Yeah. It's a really good <laughs> movie. I mean, it has problems. It. I mean, I mean, of course it does. It was made in the sixties. Yeah. I mean. I will say, like, there's only one scene, well, two scenes, I guess, with a woman in it. One yeah. of them is his, like, mom coughing, like, drinking, like, straight bourbon or something, like, <laughs> smoking a cigarette, and it's iconic. And then the other scene is, like, a hot 16-year-old, like, washing a car. It was so – when I was watching that, I was like, this is from the 60s. I didn't know they were allowed to, like, have sex or be sexy in the well, 60s. That's what's then. a little cringy about 60s movies is, like, at the time – because, like, the Hayes Code was ending and movies could be a little bit more raunchy. I think to men and women, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure a lot of women were like, ugh. But, like, I think to people that was progressive at the time. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, even showing women being, like, sexual or sexy like that. Even if it's for the male gaze, as we call it in mm. film theory. Um, <laughs> is still, was still, like, very, like, like, only European films were doing that, you know, yeah. uh, up until that point. So... It was just kind of egregious because it was like, there was no point to it other than like, mm-hmm. oh, there's just a lot of sweaty dudes in this movie. We need to have some titties, <laughs> you know. Titties press. It was it was a straight. I would put that in the straight camp scene. Yeah, that was straight camp. Yeah, totally. They were all fully like Tex Avery werewolf or werewolf uh, in the casino or whatever, tongue rolled out like in the mask. You know what I'm talking about? Uh... No. Where like it'd be like a sexy lady in like the cartoon, it'd be like a a wolf in like a suit. Oh, a wooga, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they'd be like a wooga, tongue rolling out, humming, yeah. humming. So it was very that. that. It was very silly. Um, I mean, there was enough homoeroticism for me that I was probably just making up that like helped offset that scene for me. So whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I get... definitely know at least two of those guys like wanted to fuck each other for sure. Oh, you know, people were sucking each other off. Oh, totally. I'm totally. I feel like, I mean, it happens. Yeah, right? you know, maybe, maybe not. Uh, actually, George Kennedy might have. He might have gotten his dick sucked. I, feel like I he mean, he had some it. hardcore dom energy for sure. Oh yeah, that was like he's not hot, but like his like, I would. He's not. I mean, let me rephrase that. His presence is very attractive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his character was great. I mean, he won the Oscar, and I think he deserved mm-hmm. it. He was really good. He is I'm surprised Paul Newman didn't win, but it's like a stacked um, year that year for yeah. actor. Yeah. Like, let's look at that. Not even so, like, like if you know about movies, it's like just like, a, oh, these are like all famous movies, like from the 60s, like straight let's up. Let's see. Let's see the Academy. So we got, uh, so the winner was In the Heat of the Night, Rob Steger, Warren Beatty, Bonnie and Clyde, Dustin Hoffman, The Graduate, yep. uh, Spencer Tracy, For Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Like, that is a pretty... Yeah. Those are five, like, iconic movies. Yeah. Like, those are all movies I've heard of or seen. And those mm-hmm. are all, like, big actors. And out of the nominations, like, I feel like Paul Newman should have won. I think this is, like, 
for me now, like, well, I love him Cat on a Hot Tin Roof too, but I feel like this is his perform. Like, this is to yeah. me like the Paul Newman performance. Um, I'm going to drop in the Wikipedia page for the 1967 Oscars. I want you to look at the poster for it and tell me that's not the most major thing you've ever seen in your entire fucking life. Okay. It's loading. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. looks like a pure <laughs> Paolo Pasolini film poster. It is so... Okay, if you haven't seen... So, it's the 40th annual Oscar ceremony poster. The Oscar center frame, and then behind the Oscar is like a like stained glass almost like of a flower uh that looks like it says 40 kind of in concentric circles around it it's very the green knight and then yeah, the bottom has that very like middle english font where it says 40th annual academy awards presentation it's very knights of the round table very arthurian it's so fucking fierce this is so i'm just like reading like all the um the the movies that were nominated and like you've got like Carol Channing nominated for Thoroughly Modern Millie, you've got Gene Hackman. I mean, these are all like this is kind of like, oh Faye Dunaway for Bonnie and Clyde was nominated. Yeah, this is like an iconic year. It's a great year. This is a great year for movies. Wasn't it that book about somebody wrote a book about the cause it's in the heat of the night, Bonnie and Clyde, Dr. Doolittle, the graduate guest is coming to dinner because this is like a pivot year between old Hollywood and like kind of the 70s new Hollywood. Absolutely, because Bonnie and Clyde was like – we learned in film school that it was the first like super violent movie like ever made like that was like mainstream, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so like we've got violence coming in movies. we got sex starting to happen in movies. Like – yeah, I mean, The Graduate to me is like the beginning of like the dramaty that we know of today, like the like – awkward dramedy that mm-hmm. I think would be perfected by uh, Harold and Maude a few years later. Um, yeah. I mean, this is like an iconic year. It's kind of cool. Like that a performance like Dustin Hoffman's, for example, in the graduate is like up against like Paul Newman and cool. And Luke, it does feel like a handshake yeah. <laughs> from one really style cool. of acting to the next style of acting, you know? Yeah. Kinda yeah. What a cool Oscars. year. But what yeah, cool let, year. Let, speaking of Paul Newman, I mean, do we agree that he's, like, probably top five, one of the hottest leading men ever to be in Hollywood? He is so fucking hot. <laughs> he's ridiculously hot. And he stayed attractive mm-hmm. throughout his career, unlike yeah. – sorry, Marlon. But, unfortunately, Marlon yeah. wasn't able to <laughs> keep it keep up. That. But <laughs> I would say, for going. me, Marlon Brando in his prime is probably the hottest actor to have mm-hmm. ever existed. Mm-hmm. Like, Marlon Brando, Streetcar Named Desire, like, that to me is perfection Ugh. in male form. Yeah. Paul Newman in this, but I feel like Paul Newman, a little younger, like in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, for me is like when he was the hottest. Mm -hmm. Like he's just so he has the same. It's like a different but equal like confidence that uh, what's his name at George Kennedy has. Just like he's just a confident dude. Totally, so hot. Totally, I think for me, like the 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 trifecta is Marlon, Paul, and James, right? And they're three different Mm -hmm. types of men. Like Marlon, you want to like. Dom you, but you wouldn't want to hang out with him because he's crazy. (laughs) Paul is the guy that you like your buddy that you have like a beer with and then you have a few too many and then you make out in the hot tub, you know? Mm -hmm. And then James Dean is just like a little twink bitch. Just a little bitch. He's a little 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 bottom. You know, you hang out in Martha with Elizabeth Taylor? Of course Mm -hmm. you do. Of course you do, you little bitch. But anyway, I like love all three of them. They're all very attractive, but for me, I'm a Paul. I think I'm a Paul boy. Yeah. Overall, like I think if I had to choose to be fucked by one of them, Marlon. <laughs> yeah, but Paul's it's like a fuck Mary Kill situation. Yeah, like I'd marry Paul Newman. Like that's oh, my yeah. husband right there. You know? Yeah, he's oh, so yeah. beautiful. His eyes are the most. Mm. They're so gorgeous. I don't trust a man with blue eyes, but I'll make an exception. Uh, excuse me. Do you have blue eyes? Yes, I do. I don't trust a boy with blue eyes. I told right. myself, okay. I, I I, stayed, like, the first guy I ever hooked up with who, like, broke my heart because I was stupid in 17 and didn't understand how sex worked. Um, <laughs> he had blue eyes, so for, since then I've just been like, <laughs> fuck blue-eyed boys. It's all right. It's okay. And We're it, a dying breed and, anyway. Yeah, it just, yeah, it's stuck. But yeah, Paul Newman, man. Like, But what about his salad dressings? Salad dressings? He makes salad dressings. Does he? Paul Newman. That's a Newman zone. No. What? That's Paul New- Have you ever looked at the bottle? Oh my God, Dylan. I never made that connection. <laughs> it's like seeing the Disney D for the first time. Oh my God. What? Yes. That's him. <laughs> Who else could it be? 
Oh my God. Of course it is. It looks just like him. Of course it is, Dylan. How did I? Podcast is over. Yes. Oh my. Go I am like down. shook if. Like I am shook if right now. I like truly did not know that until this moment. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, hilarious. Man. I don't think I've ever tried a Newman's own salad dressing before. Because I think I, I feel like I just don't want like a man on my bottle. You know what I mean? Like I just yeah. like I don't need a man on my bottle. Mm-mm. Like for my you salad. don't need a man to tell you anything. No. <laughs> I feel like the man's telling him like eat this buttermilk ranch. I'm like no, Paul Newman. <laughs> don't you dare. Wow, that's crazy. Well, what's your favorite know. salad dressing by Newman's own? <laughs> None. I don't know. I mean, probably like an Italian. Yeah, I mean, I do like an Italian dressing for sure. I don't like a creamy dressing. It's gross. I get grossed. I like a miso dressing if I'm feeling like a little raunchy (laughs) because it looks like cum. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Speaking of cum, why do straight people love this movie? Oh, I think I mean, dudes hanging out masculinity is like they love a they dudes love hang out shit. movie, but I also love a dudes hang out movie. Same. I love a dudes rock movie. Dude, yeah, and this oh god, the dudes rock in this movie. They can do everything. This is a cool movie. I feel like this is like I know it's not like a prison movie, but I feel like Mash has a, is like a sillier mm-hmm. version of Cool Hand Luke, if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, I mean, I mean, people hanging out like kind of in a camp and like a situation. That really and there's ladies in. there, but and there's some ladies. Yeah, there's some ladies there. Uh... But yeah, I think any any situation in which a bunch of dudes are like in one place together for a while where they can kind of like be masculine, like do outdoorsy things, like you know Tara work, Road. Work Tara Road, clear brush, um, fight. Yeah, you know, I really liked that scene where Paul and um like I feel like men, like straight men, like love the whole like fight to earn respect thing. Like they're mm-hmm. like obsessed with that concept. Yes. It's so interesting to me. Like, my dad... Have I told this story on the pod yet about me, like, hitting a boy once? Ooh, no. So when I was 12, there was this boy that, like, bullied me in sixth grade or whatever. And my dad, being, like, a boomer from Dallas, was like, just punch him, like, punch him in the face if he won't shut up. And I was like, no, dad, I can't do that. Like, violence is not the answer. Like, I'm a pacifist. Um, I listened to Aaliyah, like I'm not like one of those boys. And, but my, even my mom was like, you should do it, you know? <laughs> so then one day he was pissing me off and I took my, this is the gayest thing ever. This is the gayest way to hit someone. I was in band with him and I took my clarinet case, which if anyone was in band, <laughs> like those things are hefty motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. But they do look like little purses. They're like little purses, but it's like a hard plastic. And I mm-hmm. fucking swung that shit and hit him across the head with it. Hell yeah. And I got detention for a month. Like a lunch <laughs> lunchtime detention. And I've never seen my dad more proud of me in his life. Like Hell yeah. literally, like I think they got they think they got me ice cream. I came home from school that day. Aww. Like they were like, you're gonna have to do detention, like, you know, like whatever consequences for your actions, but also we're so proud of you Aww. for fighting back. I really thought that in that moment they might think I might be straight. Um they were really <laughs> like, Oh, thank God. And then you went and you put on like your lush album or whatever that you're listening to and it was not that cool. I mean, that's really sweet of you to think, but I was not that cool when I was twelve. I probably put on Coldplay, okay? <laughs> Rush up blood oh, in the yeah. head. <laughs> um But yeah, I um but yeah, it, it, so the point of that story was to say that like men love that shit. They like mm-hmm. love the whole like like my dad told me a story that was very similar to the one that happens in Cool Hand Luke, where he's like, I like face like the biggest guy on the playground. Cause you know, like my dad is like five six, he's like shorter than me, so it's like he's got like the little he's got like yeah. sh- you know what I mean? He's got like little, little man vibe. And he like hit a dude, like they like fought, and then they became best friends. You know, like I hear Aww. so many stories about like that. You know? Well, like, especially because like, cause George is kind of like a fathery figure to the prison. Right. It's very, like, maybe we talk about it a lot on the podcast, but Hot Rod, that's the whole plot of that movie is trying to fight right. your dad. And that's respect. what's so funny about Hot Rod is it totally just, like, exploits that concept. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so it's funny. So because I don't feel yeah. like we get it. Like, that is a true, like, honestly, like, that is something that, like, separates gay men and straight men. I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. it's a 100% split. Like, yeah, no. I don't get this whole, like, oh, you have to, like, step up and be like mean or like oh, the concept of like someone. respect. I yeah, respect. Yeah, you're right, bitch. Respect in general, honey. Yeah. Like we don't respect our forefathers. No, and it's a problem. Y'all are dead. Yeah, they all died, and we're like, okay, cool, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. like really we're... sad that we're like that. You know? Yeah, it's like mm, okay. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. When people, were, oh my god, my like daddy used to make me say like yes sir, no sir, sort of thing, and I was like, oh, I fucking hate this. 
Oh, I don't I like the yes it. or no sir thing. Like I'm like Mm-mm. like Ugh. Yeah, my dad and my mom made me say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, and all that shit growing up, and yeah. I think that shit's so weird. That's so weird in Southern. I hate I it. I always like... loved it when I had, like, a friend whose parents were, like, from, like, the Northeast or something, and or they were, like, Democrats, and they would, like, be like, oh, just call me Jane. Oh, like, call me by my that. first name, and I'd be like, that's so cool. I get to, like, call you by your first name, because Ugh. my mom made me call everyone, like, Miss Karen, Miss Jean, Miss Lynn. Mm. Like, I had to call them Miss This, and I thought it was so dumb. It's so stupid. Now I love it, because I, like... Like, I'm like, Miss Lynn. Like, I'm like, oh, yes. yeah. Like, I'm a <laughs> Everyone is Miss Thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Miss yeah. Thing. But, like, I, I, I think the whole yes or no sir thing is, like, weird. And, like, yeah, just the whole, like, straight people are so, like, especially straight boomers. They, like, love that shit. Well, it's like, I think we talk, it's probably going to get canceled that. We talk about, like, etiquette in, in our pre-show warm-up that we do before we record. Uh, but, yeah, like, etiquette, like is fun in a closed environment. Like I want to go to like a really fancy restaurant. Yeah. That has like, but like in, in place in like a certain context, but like, I'm not going to be fancy and nice in every context. Like that's fucking weird. If I'm at like a bar and I see someone, I'm like, Oh y- yes, sir. I'll get you a drink post haste. Like that's fucking weird. Like I don't want to be <laughs> post haste, post haste. Yeah. I'll get you a beer down at the bar. No, it's like we're friends. We're all friends here. Yeah, like, I don't understand it. And I feel like that, like, exactly, like, that thing is very, like, prevalent in Cool Hand Luke. But, like, mm-hmm. also, like, the movie challenges it, which is what's cool, right? Because yeah. Paul Newman, like, faces the dude, but only because, like, again, bored and needs something to do. He doesn't really care about earning his respect, I think. No. But he does yeah. earn his respect for just being himself, yeah. which is the way it should be, everyone. Yeah, be yourself. Just be, be yourself. Which is yes. what Cool Hand Pride Luke month. did. Um, <laughs> what else is straight about this movie? Uh, I mean, we touched on already. Boomer, boomer shit. Yeah, so it's boomer. very boomery. It's very it's, boomery. Yeah, like uh, you know, it's when was Vietnam? Like now, <laughs> Vietnam was probably around the time the movie was made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we know history. We know history. <laughs> we watched Forrest Gump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <like> this... <laughs> the only reason why any of us know modern American history is because of Forrest Gump. Because <laughs> you know the Texas schools weren't teaching it. Oh, yeah. that They taught us Forrest Gump. That was our history class was Forrest Gump. I learned all about Dr. Pepper. Uh, but no, I – this movie feels very boomery, but not like in a – in a bad way, like how like Forrest Gump feels. Like yeah. It's... Well, cause Forrest Gump is like boomer nostalgia and mm-hmm. it's the whole thing with boomers, right? Where it's like liberal in your youth, conservative when you grow older, there's like a mm-hmm. phrase, I forget what it is, but I feel like that's a great comparison. Cool hand Luke is the liberal in your youth boomer movie. Yep. <laughs> and Forrest Gump is the like, I'm conservative now, like boomer nostalgia movie. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, it's boomer. This is some boomer shit. Uh, it is some boomer but, shit, but it's good. It's good boomer shit because you're, yeah. you're going, oh man, they once had a heart. Like, yeah, they, maybe. <laughs> they once knew that people had rights and the right to be themselves. And, yeah. Uh, then something happened. Something, something happened. happened. What happened, Reagan? It's Reagan's Le- fault. Yeah, it's Reagan. It's all Reagan's it's fault. It's all Reagan's fault. Mm-hmm. The, the lead from their lead pipes and lead paint finally started seeping into their brain. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that's what they did. Like, Reagan, like, just got all of the, like, white boomers to just, like, hate black people, like, band together mm-hmm. to hate black people and gay yeah. people and women. Yeah. And and it, it's kind of like what's happening with incels now. It's like that's kind of mm-hmm. what happened with Reagan, I think. Ra- Reagan was thing. the first incel. <laughs> he was the first incel. Reagan fucking sucks. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was, like, kind of a failed actor, wasn't he? Like, he was yeah. no Paul Newman, that's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be Paul Newman, but uh, couldn't. Not that hot. He's not that, his not cheeks that hot. are too. His cheeks are too boyish. He he's not boyish. hot. He's not hot enough to be a George W. You know. Mm-mm. Oh. No. Ooh. <laughs> that is probably the most disgusting thing that gay men think is that we all think George W. Bush was hot when he was young. <laughs> it's so upsetting. It's because he was a cheerleader. I blame porn on that though. <laughs> I blame porn oh. like making us like like weird shit like that. Like that's porn's <laughs> fault. That's men.com's fault. <laughs> I have no jokes. That was perfect. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. I have nothing left. <laughs> uh, is there anything gay about this movie? I think there's some stuff. I mean, 
The male body to be gazed upon is pretty gay. It's so gay. It's everyone's so fucking hot in this movie. It's unreal. Even it's Harry pretty even, even Harry Dean. <laughs> he's like, okay, girl. He's like, play that fucking fiddle or banjo mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck he was playing. Guitar. Sing about God. I don't know my stringed instruments. Uh, <laughs> play that cello. Play that cello at the he's, prison, he's... bitch, in Florida. Um, yeah, no. Uh, everyone's very hot. It's a very hot movie. A uh, mm. big fan of all the Harry Chess. Mm. Uh, big fan of all the feet. Big fan all the of all the hands, the dirty hands. All the boxers. There's a couple butts. We got to see Paul Newman's butt for two seconds. You might have mm-hmm. missed that, but there is a Paul Newman butt moment. Oh, hell yeah! Oh um, yeah! Yeah, and also Sweat. yeah, you, yeah. I mean, it's just it. There, yeah, it, it's an imagined homoeroticism. Probably, I don't think the movie mm-hmm. was doing it on purpose. No, you can always tell so. when it is, and I feel like in mm-hmm. this case, it was an accident for sure. Yeah. I think it's just dudes hanging out. Their intentions were pure, unfortunately, yeah. while making this movie. <laughs> yeah, it could have been sex. It could have been a lot sexier. Even this, they have a dead-ass shower scene in this movie, and even then it's, like, more form of a function. Yeah, uh, if it was directed by Paul Verhoeven, it would be a different story. Yes. Oh, my. Honestly, Paul, remake this movie. Yeah, Paul, remake Cool Hand Luke and make it a homoerotic fantasy uh, with Jean Genet influences in it. It'll be great. Do you know that he's, like, a one of our foremost Jesus scholars? Oh, I believe that i mean benedetta seemed researched mama yeah it was because he'd been well he wanted to do like a movie about jesus for a really long time and then scorsese uh, did it and he was like scorsese hey. did it and he was like well that was vulgar <laughs> i got it i, I still never seen that i want to watch it though me too i want to see willem dafoe play jesus why have me i not too. that's not so weird why have i not seen that I, scorsese is such a blind spot for me that's actually the real reason i started this podcast is so i can watch more scorsese movies <laughs> And we watched The Wolf of Wall Street, which I'm assuming you'd already seen. Yep. <laughs> well, it's been long enough. We can watch Taxi Driver if you want, but we did just do Joker, so we it'd be like watching Joker, Joker again. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do Joker. We'll um, watch The Age of Innocence. Just kidding. That's a gay movie. Um, <laughs> we'll watch Hugo. Yeah, there you go. Um, the ultimate gayest scene in this movie, I think, is whenever his mom comes to visit. Oh, absolutely. Bitch. She's a gay well, mom. That's the funny thing. Mom. I'm like, how did he end up being straight? Because with a mother like that, like I, I literally saw my mother in that woman. It was very <laughs> weird. I was like, this is my mom. Like, it's She shows up so iconically, probably the most iconic character entrance in the entire time we've been doing this podcast. She gets... She's in the back of a truck, but in a cabana. Yeah, they like make a bed for her in the back of a truck bed. Like amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. It has like a cover and everything, and she's just smoking. Yeah, she's like Cleopatra drinking. going through it's... the deserts, bitch. <laughs> it's full. Mama, that's it's royalty. Full the queen has arrived. Yes. Yes. Bro. She's on a litter. It's great. Oh my god, I now want to make a bed in a truck. Like yes, I want to be. Oh my god, bitch. bitch. I want Give me a hound nothing. dog, give me Ugh. a give me an ashtray. Mm. Give me a bottle of bourbon. I want so bad a Ford Ranger, one of those little bitty like two-seater trucks. Girl, you are talking to the world's least knowledgeable car person. <laughs> it's like it's a little truck. You know the little like trucks. Like the little like the little bitty trucks, like the, the pickup trucks. trucks. Yeah. Those are I so want cute. So bad. And they're usually so cute, cute colors too. I know, I can get like a blue one. Oh yeah, they're fantastic. And I just think they're precious. I want one. They're Make hard a bed. to find. Make a bed in it. And I'd sleep in it. Yeah, it'd be incredible. Uh, but no, it's inc- it's iconic. Uh, the mom was so good. Originally supposed to be Betty Davis, and she was... What, what was her reasoning? She was like, no. She was just like, nah. One scene? Not for me. <laughs> no. She was like, I am Cool Hand Luke. If, if I'm going to be in this movie, I am... I'm, <laughs> it's going to be me. You know who would have killed as Cool Hand Luke? Joan Crawford. <laughs> Imagine Joan Crawford as Cool Hand Luke. The smile well, she would have done, like the it's a Paul Newman's famous smile. She just would have been like, <laughs> "I'm just imagining her in the fight scene, just like looking up and just wiping blood off her lip and getting back up." She'll be like, "Come at me, hair. fella!" <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Honestly, cool him, Luke, but Joan Crawford playing all the parts like it's Norbit. <laughs> Amazing, please. Uh, but yes. Catherine Hepburn plays the prison director. <laughs> In the pants. Yes, of course. See, there are rules around here, fella. <laughs> rules and regulations. That was my best. Taking it off that now, was my boss. best. I'm sorry. That was my best Catherine Hepburn. I'm sorry. Take it off now, Bob. It was just me doing Take Kristen Wig doing Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Kristen Wig doing Liza Minnelli still is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, she, her Liza Minnelli is great. Have you seen her do Catherine? No. It's so funny. There's like a um 
SNL skit, the Vincent Price like um, oh, specials. No, no, I have seen that. Yeah, yes. and there's like it's like no, Bill Hader's Vincent Price, and then yeah. Kristen Wiig is Catherine Hepburn, and I believe James Franco is playing James Dean, and Fred Armisen is Liberace, and it's of course really yes. good. And Kristen Wiig's like, I went on a few brisk walks this morning and drank a cold glass of water. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, I think the tarring scene is kind of gay. Interesting, because I feel like they're working really hard, and that's a very not gay thing to do. Yeah, working hard is very not gay, but they're making it a little bit. They're doing a little joke. Yeah, it they're is like, a bit. It is a little bit of a bit. Isn't they're it? like, let's. Why don't we just have some fun? Let's do this one. They're for like, fun. why don't we do? Like, why don't we work hard? Yeah. <laughs> why don't we do what the prison wants us to? It's that really passive aggressive thing that like some gays do. It's like, all right, let's do this thing uh, this time. Let's do it for real this time, okay? Let's like let's actually like do it. Uh, they're like, let's be yeah. nice to each other, but for real this time. Let's real nice. Yeah, let's just do that. And I, yeah, they're just like throwing hay and what are they throwing down? They're throwing rocks. They're like throwing and... rocks on it. Girl, yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how roads work. They're working fast. It, it reminded me a lot. I think just uh, because of uh, of it reminded me of the scene in Best Little Whorehouse in Texas where the Aggies win and there's a lot of like forward momentum, like toward the camera of a bunch of shirtless dudes. Yeah. Uh, dancing in the locker room. It felt very like a dance scene almost. It had a movement to it. It had a lot of movement. A choreography to, a to it, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's the most choreographed scene in the film. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it felt like God, a imagine scene. a dance sequence in Cool Hand Luke. That would It'd be, be cool. so fucking fierce. Yes. Oh my god! When they were all dancing with each other, did you see the scene where they were dancing with each other for Fourth of July? Oh no, I missed that. Oh yeah, they a little. They kind of dance with each other a little bit. Okay, that was a little sexual. That was a little good. I do like uh, uh, so maybe gay things about this movie. I think, I think trying to reason with God is gay. Oh yeah. (laughs) So at the end of the movie, Paul Newman's like, "What do you want me to do, dude?" Um, (laughs) I like don't understand. Like, and I was like, "Wow, every thought we were friends. Every (laughs) gay as a teenager, like literally, God, I like, I went and saw, you know, all the superhero movies. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, reading Lord of the Rings." I'm trying my best to be straight. Why is it not working? Like, <laughs> why, do I, why do I keep finding myself in the underwear section at Dillard's? <laughs> exactly. So I think why that am I here? reasoning with God and then God not listening is a very gay um, <laughs> thing to happen to you. Being ignored by God is very gay. <laughs> Being ignored by God is gay. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, God. Yes, so, um, <laughs> And that's on God. That, uh, that's on, what? On God. <laughs> Literally, that's on God. That's God's fault. So. <laughs> uh, all right. We got, we're down to the final section of the show. It's our gay recommendation. So we recommend something a little gayer than the movie we just watched. Um, it, keeping with the theme, I recommended a movie that I've never seen, but I'm very afraid of. Uh, <laughs> Kirk's like, I gotta go to the, I gotta go to the dock. What the fuck are you talking about? Let me. Sorry, I don't know what this movie is. Oh, really? The... Broke Down Palace. Kate hell? Beckinsale. Kate. I've never seen. Oh, it. Claire's in it. Well, now I have to watch it. I know. That's the thing. I wanted to get Alex on the pod, but he didn't want to because he's like, I don't know what I'm gonna say. Uh, just can I just get a shout from across the room, Alex? What do you think about this movie? Oh, I love this movie. Am I right to be afraid of it? Okay, thank you. Uh, the plot of the movie, if you don't know, it's Claire Danes and Kate Beckinsale are in Thailand? I think Thailand. They're in Southeast Asia, and they get drugs planted on them by like a drug mule in an airport, and they get taken to Thai prison, and the whole movie is them getting, trying to get out. And I have a really big fear of being <laughs> uh, incorrectly incarcerated. <laughs> and no, like, I mean, everyone has their fears. <laughs> It is so, like, it's such a nightmare of mine of just, like, one day just being jailed for some reason. Uh, See, and... I've never had to worry about that because my daddy would just bail me out. Dad, no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know who you're messing with. My daddy knows all the wardens in this state. God damn it. I would say that, like, honest. Like, I'm, like, a pretty good liar when I'm backed up to a corner. <laughs> oh, I love lying. It's so much fun. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, broken down. Pal- it's, it's like I'm trying to think of gay prison things. Well, like- I will. I do want to bring up. This is a little. This is a little like astute. So I apologize to everyone in advance. But there is this amazing writer. I brought him up earlier, named Jean Genet. He's like one of our like great gay writers. His stuff mm-hmm. is very hard to read, 
But he did make one short film. It's okay. called Un Chant d'Amour. And Ooh. it's on YouTube if you want to watch it. It's only like 25 minutes long. And it's okay. like a gay prison, like love, horny art okay. film. It's cool. Okay. And he influenced this movie that I'll also recommend by Todd Haynes. Uh, we Two Todd Haynes movies in a row, baby. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, when did we do Todd Haynes? Uh, Karen Carpenter, we did it for yeah. Team America. Okay, cool. So not that long ago. But Todd Haynes started this movie called Poison uh, that no one's ever seen. Um, it's mm-hmm. amazing. And it's three different stories. Of Two of them are irrelevant to this movie because they do not take place in prison. But one of them does take place in prison. And it's based on Sean Cheney's work. And it's very horny and fucked up and weird. And everyone is like fucking in it. Hell yeah. So yeah, there's there's gay prison stuff. Jean Genet, that- baby. Jean so Genet. if you don't know, now you know, bitch. Now you know. Yeah. yeah that's so classy. Look I him up. It. He's an interesting guy. He like became famous. He was a, literally a prostitute and a vagrant throughout his like teens and 20s, like a runaway, like just being a whore and a slut and being in prison constantly. And he wrote about his actual life and it was pretty smutty and wild. And then when he became famous writer, he like refused all the money because he just wanted to keep being poor. Like, hell yeah. How cool is that? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be me. Like, literally, yeah, no, same, but. <laughs> <laughs> but also it was like, I, I hate to say this, but it was like easier to be poor, like in the forties and fifties than it is yeah, now, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like, like you could just you like kind of like squat and no one would do anything about it. Um, yeah. And yeah, he's a really interesting guy. I recommend looking him up um, and, and watching this little short film, Unchant d'Amour on YouTube. It's hot. Okay. It's a Hell hot yeah. we'll little fifties art film. I love it. Check hot. it out. Uh, the two opposite, but equals. <laughs> Yeah, a Claire, and... a Claire Danes Kate Beckinsale thriller from the 90s and an uh, avant-garde short from the 50s. Yes, ma'am. Perfect. That's that's three people yeah. movies for you. That's three movies right there. Uh, all right, let's wrap this shit up. Uh, my name is Dylan Garcia. You can find me on Twitter at Dylan Garcia, on Instagram at Garcia, and Letterboxd at Garcia. And I'm Kirk Van Sickle, and you can find me on Instagram at Kirk underscore Van Sickle and on Twitter and Letterbox to KRKV and S-E-K-L-E. And please follow us on Street People Movies, S-T-R-8-P-P-L Movies. Woo. We post sometimes. We post I'm sometimes. catching up. I'm getting the Joker stuff out. And uh, then I'll get the I'll... notebook stuff out. And then hopefully, eventually, I'll catch up to this. I'll get some TikToks out soon. We'll see. We'll, yeah. We'll we, we just got to – it's hot and our mental health is waning. So Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it should be coming back, though. I'm I've, I'm feeling pretty manic here. Um so next couple Yay, days. Yay, an upswing. <laughs> an upswing is back, baby. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you for listening. And yeah. We love you so much. Until next week. Bye. Bye. Now came talk. Talk, talk. <laughs>